0: church how are you how are you this morning i hope you are doing well i'm very happy and excited to be here with you guys um it's an honor it's a privilege to be in front of you it's a blessing it's a blessing to see my brothers from the spanish congregation right there and my brothers from the american congregation it's a blessing um so thank you very much um So for those that don't know me, uh, I hope you did uh, a Spanish course today, Uh, at least an advanced one this week, (laughs) Um, because you will hear my accent. Uh, My name is David Oyarzún, and I am from Argentina. I've been here in this country for quite a while. Uh, I've been in this country for 20 years, Uh, but I cannot get rid of my accent Uh, and I'm okay with it. so I hope you tune your ear very well today. If you understand something that is incorrect, so yes, you did understand something that was incorrect. Translate it better. <laughs> if, if, uh, if there is something good uh, about this message, give the glory to God. Amen? Uh, so, so like I said, my name is David Oyarzun, and I've been a me- I have been a member of this church for about eight years. Uh, right now I have the privilege to lead the, the Spanish uh, ministry and I'm very happy and excited of what God is doing in that place and, and, I, um, and next, next month in a few more days we are going to have our first anniversary we started last year in August last year and uh, yeah let's praise the Lord for that so in a few more days, we'll have our first year as a ministry, and it's exciting. Looking forward to what God is going to do in that place. Amen? I'm um, married to Frances, and I don't see her here. Well, she was the one singing here before in Spanish and English. She's my wife, and we have been married for 18 years, and, and she's part of my many blessings that God has put in my life. I have uh, three kids, three children. Uh, Their names are uh, David, Natalia, and Annalise. Um, The two older ones are twins, boy and a girl, and my little one, four years old. Enough with the introduction, and let's start talking about the word of God, the word that God has for us today. As you already know, we have been studying the Psalms, the elders have been leading us in the teaching, and we have been learning a lot from from this Psalm, Um, a a lot of um, encouraging words from the Psalms for us. So today, we are going to be learning about God's work. As Pastor Jeff said, we're going to be in Psalm 111. And we're going to learn about God's works. Those works are for us to see His splendor and the majesty of our Lord. Those works are for us to remember what He has done for us so we can be wise by fearing the Lord. And as a response to this, we praise him as he ought to be praised. That's what we're going to learn today. But before we start with verse 1, I want to pray uh, with you. So close your eyes and pray with me. Dear God, it's because of your mercy and your grace. That I can be in front of my brothers and sisters, Lord, in this place. It's because you died on that cross. That can, we can get together, gather here, and praise your name and hear your words. May those words today no return empty, Lord. You are the one doing the work. And I believe it, Lord. I believe that you can use me today to convey the message that my brothers and sisters need for their lives. Thank you for everything that you do. Open our minds, open our hearts, give us understanding, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church says, amen, amen, amen. All right. verse one. So let's start with verse one. It's a good way to start. Uh, The first sentence says, Praise the Lord. There's an exclamation mark right there. Praise the Lord. Then it continues and says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Definitely, this is a psalm of praise and worship to the Lord. The psalmist is uh, worshiping the lord is praising the lord because of the works that he did in the past while he free, freed, uh, freed uh, Israel the English standard version starts by saying praise the lord but some, there are some other versions that say, say hallelujah I know the Spanish version does start with hallelujah a word of praise and worship then he continues by declaring, declaring, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. While I was thinking on this, I thought, well, there, there are two options here. Either the psalmist is aware that giving thanks to the Lord is to be done with, in, intentionally with the whole heart, with all their strength or he's so grateful overwhelmed by all the things that, that God has done that there is no other way that open his mouth and praise the Lord for what he has done knowing the ups and downs of the history of Israel I believe it is both one is the result of the discipline of the psalmist praising the Lord and the other is just the pure grace of God working in the life of this man. This grateful heart is from someone that is joyful. It's from someone that has received something good. Something really really good church. Something that we are going to receive today. It is possible that the the grateful man is inviting the upright man. It's possible that he's inviting the congregation to praise and worship the Lord, the descendants of Jacob, brothers and sisters, inviting Israel to praise the Lord. Or it's just possible that he's just joined them Like you did this morning, coming through these doors. While I was praying this morning in that corner where Marcos is, and I and I saw the the doors opening. I felt this is right, this is how it's supposed to be. What a wonderful thing is that the doors of this place can be open and welcome everyone to praise and worship. God I believe that the psalmist was so grateful so thankful that he couldn't stop praising the Lord because he was with his brothers and sisters worshiping God verse 2 great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them What happened here, church? What happened first? Did this man observe the works of the Lord first? And as a and as a consequence, he found joy in them? Or did the work of God awaken the desire of this man to produce the light when he studied and examine the works of the Lord? I'm pretty sure. That the work of God was the one that made him ponder in the works of, of, of the Lord, that made him delight. It was God working in his heart. It was God awakening his life to be able to see the marvelous, wonderful works that God had performed in Israel. He delights in the, works of, in the works of God because the works of the Lord were full of the splendor and majesty of the author. We see the relationship here between the work that God was doing and God, the author. There is no other way. Whatever God was doing or whatever God did was saturated with the splendor and the majesty of this great Lord, of this great God. Whatever God touches, leave uh, whatever God touches, leave a mark. And this is, it. this is it, the splendor and majesty of God. Please uh, notice in verse 3 that it says, Full of splendor and majesty is his work, in his righteousness endure forever. His work is saturated with the splendor and majesty of God. Verse 4 and 5. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. Is God the one the, the one that wants his work to be studied? Is God the one that wants His work to be remembered. Because in them, His people will find attributes, aspects of the character of God. By looking at them, they will see that God has been gracious, that God has been merciful. And I'm pretty sure, church, that just the way Israel was able, the psalmist was able to remember these things and see God's mercy and, and, gra- and grace, we have the same opportunity today, church. To observe the work of God and realize that God is a God of grace and mercy. What were those things to be remembered? What was the psalmist remembering? I believe the psalmist was speaking about the wondrous work that God did while he provided uh, food in the wilderness. We see in verse 5, he says, He provides food for those who fear him. I'm pretty sure that the psalmist was meditating when that huge number of people w- were walking in the wilderness, and, and now what? Okay, now we are free from Egypt, but what are we going to eat? How are we going to calm our thirst? While thinking these things, this man remember... God was the one that provided manna from heaven, and He was the one that provided meat, quail meat, in the desert. He was the one. He remembered that He was the one that put a cloud on top of these people to protect them from the sun, to show him the way, to show them the way. The same thing did at night. He put a column of fire on top of these people to show them, to guide them, to show them, to show them the way and, and to probably warm them up a little bit in the cold nights of the, in the desert, right? So when the psalmist was thinking about these things, remembering about these things, all these works that God did, the only thing that he can come to conclusion is that God is gracious. God is merciful. God is good. Can you say amen to that, church? But I do not limit the spectrum of this remembrance to these episodes only although God did many miracles in the wilderness, I believe there were more to come. And the reason why I say this is because in the last part of verse 5, he says he remembered his covenant forever. The, The gracious and merciful Lord remembers a covenant forever, something that has not finished yet. Which is this covenant? Which is. Probably the covenant with Abraham. Probably the covenant with Moses. Or maybe the one with David. Let's see what verse 6 and 7 says. Uh, maybe we, we, will, we will find clarification here. Verse 6. He has shown his people the power of. Of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. Definitely, I think he's talking about the mighty work of God. The Mosaic covenant, the one that made Israel conquer Canaan. You see, he said, in giving them the inheritance of the nations. God promised Abraham to give his offspring this land. And God was faithful to his word. And it was through Moses that he executed this promise. Verse 7. He works; The works of his hands are faithful and just. The works of the hands of God were evident in the redemption of Israel. He was faithful to his promise. He established justice justice through them. I want you to open your Bible in Exodus 6, verse 6. And I want you to read this passage with me. Because through this passage we will have more clarity about... This work, these works that God did with just. If you don't have your Bible, we have it here on the screen. It says like this. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you in the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, And to Jacob, I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. He finished that part, like putting the signature. This is me. And I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be true to this word. I promise this, and I'm going to do it. And he did. He did. He gave Israel, first of all, the freedom he took these people with power in his hand and he performed justice in Egypt. Why did he perform justice in Egypt? Well, the Egyptians were putting pressure on Israel. They were abusing for the nation of the Lord. God performed justice by punishing Egypt from from the oppression. While well, He sent the plague, plagues to to to, uh, to Egypt. Now we are gonna go to something that goes a little more in detail. They are part of the works of the Lord. These are His precepts. Let's go and read in seven and verse seven b. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever. Here's the part that we need to pay attention to. To be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. Like I said before, within the works of of the, the Lord, within the works of his hands, there were his precepts. Precepts were God's rules. God's commandments. And they were His words. The verse says that they are trustworthy. They are reliable. And they are established forever and ever. And like I said before, pay attention to this. To be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. They are to be performed with honesty. These precepts are to be followed by men. And you know why? They were supposed to follow these precepts, these commands, for their own good. And for us, George, we are to follow His words and believe His words and be honest to the Word of God for our own good. What is the effect that these words have in people, in God's people? Open your Bible in Psalm 19, 7, 8. We're going to read Psalm 19, chapter 19, verse 7 to 8. And I hope you rejoice when you read these words. Let's see what God says about his precepts. It says like this, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. God's precepts are not to hurt his people. They are to revive our our souls. They are to revive and make us wise. They they are to make us rejoice, to rejoice our hearts and to put light in our eyes. All these things, to make him great, to, to praise him, And so we can see that the works of the Lord are great. That the Lord is great. Verse 9. He sent redemption to his people. He has condemned, I'm sorry, he has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. God did send salvation to Israel by freeing them from Egypt and by guarding them in the wilderness. God's works were perfect. The precepts that God gave were perfect. And of course they were. This is not any God. This is the God of perfection. This is the holy and awesome God. Did this, th- these things did not come out from a man. God is not a man to lie. His law is perfect, church, just like Psalm 19 says. I'm pretty sure many of you sang this, this song before. And rejoice in that. I hope you believe this. I hope that you believe that there is not a problem here in the Word of God. That in our relationship with, with God, the problem comes from somewhere else. What is it that Israel ought to do? Well, we'll see it in, in verse 10. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. The response to God was to be wise, starting by fearing the Lord. Israel was to follow God's precepts with faithfulness and uprightness and go back to the fear of the Lord to have a good understanding by studying the works of God and remembering them. Now, let me ask you a question, church. You know the history, or at least most of you know the history of Israel, and it was a repetitive thing. Was Israel able to perform God's precepts with faithfulness and uprightness? And I know it's a rhetorical question, but I want to hear you. No, the answer is no, right? So on the other side, now we have God, right? Was God able to to stay faithful to his promises? Was God able to commit to his words? And I want to hear it too. Yes, yes, yes. How do we know this? Well, we find like five forevers here in chapter uh, 111. The first one says his righteousness endures forever. He remembers his covenant forever. His Precepts are established forever and ever. He has commanded his covenant forever. Do you see the common factor over here? God did not change. And God does not change. This is the God that we are dealing with. us one day we are happy today is Sunday today we are here church and we are willing to do anything for the Lord we are with our brothers tomorrow morning Monday morning it's a different story yes or no today we feel that we can preach to anyone but tomorrow we fear. We fear people. We don't fear the Lord. We fear people. Let me tell you something, church. God does not change. If there is something secure in your life, it's Him. God does not change. If there is something that you can be sure about, it's His words. They are for good, they are for you. All right, let's let's see. How does all this apply to us, dear brother David? What impact does the work of, or the works of God have in us? Here's the question, and you answered before. We are not able to perform his precepts with faithfulness and uprightness. Although they are good, although they are great in benefits, they bring us joy, they revive our souls. they make us wise, they enlighten our eyes. With all these benefits, we still cannot follow his precepts with faithfulness and uprightness. What a problem, what a problem that once again God is the only one that can solve. When we observe the works of the Lord, when we observe what God did in the past and what God did yesterday and what God is doing today and what God will do in the future, there is only one answer if there is something good that's going to come out from that, it's because God secured that because He loved Himself and He loves us. God is the one that is going to have to do it. I want you to open your Bible in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 3 to 8, and I want you to see that there is a way that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilling us. And this is through Jesus Christ. I want you to pay, pay attention here clearly. And if you can read it, read it with your whole heart. For God has done what the law, weakened can, we can by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk no according to the flesh anymore, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Dear brothers and sisters, we are not going to live a perfect life, at least knowing with our own strength. But if there is something that you need to take from this song, is that God is calling you to study his works, which is to set your mind on the things of the Spirit. God is calling you to remember his works and not only the ones that you found here. You should remember that this morning because of the grace and mercy of the Lord, you had food breakfast in your, on your table. It was only the grace and mercy of the Lord that allowed you to open your eyes this morning. That is His grace and mercy, church, that allows you to come over here and stand with the upright men over here and rejoice together as a church and sing to this almighty God. This is to set your mind in the things of the Lord. Remember the works that God has done. Remember when he took you out from Egypt. And I'm not talking about you yet. (laughs) (laughs) Although God did the work in your life. Remember when you were lost in your sins, transgressions. and you were not capable to come to the Lord, you did not have the ability that God with with His wondrous work had to touch your life and give you life so you can respond. Remember that God gave you a family. Remember that God gave you a wife, a husband that you are to take care of. that you've got to bring the Word of God to your home. This is to set your mind in the things of the Spirit. We are called to perform His precepts with faithfulness and uprightness, which can only be done through Jesus Christ. We are called to fear the Lord, to please God. That's the beginning of being wise. Fear in the Lord. We are called to praise His uh, his name forever because He has done wondrous works. He has done the work for us. He has redeemed us from sin through the wondrous work through Jesus Christ. Church, today we are together and it's an amazing thing. It's something wonderful that we have to enjoy. Um, God is working. God is working in us. And we have a work to do. Because God wants to work through you. We have a message for this world. We got to tell them that we are not capable to present righteous faithful to the Lord that he has to do it for us. I don't know if there is uh, someone new here, maybe never heard a message. It's the first time here in the church. But let me tell you the story that we just spoke about, about Israel and God taking them out from, from Egypt. It's a resemble of our condition. We are slaves of sin if God does not free us through Jesus Christ. And I just want to invite you to trust in the Lord. I want to finish with one more verse, and this is in Philippians 1:6. And I want to leave you with this church. I want you to think, I want you to ponder. I want you to remember these things. You need to to see the work of God and stop looking at yourself. And you will see this. Philippians 1.6, Apostle Paul saying, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God's works are for us to see his splendor and majesty, to remember what he has done for us so we can be wise and fear the Lord. And as, uh, and as a response to this, we praise him as he ought to be praised, church. Great are the works of the Lord. Will you please stand, church? Let's pray. And we are going to sing this song that says, Great Are You, Lord. And I, I just want to invite you to sing it with all your heart, with a grateful heart. But before we do that, uh, let's pray. Dear God, you are the almighty God. You are the one that performed many miracles many works and you did it for our own good lord it's strange to think that when you created this world lord and you created adam and eve we were in your mind we were in your thoughts you knew that one day like this, Lord, we will be together praising you and worshiping you and receiving these words that comes from you. There is nothing bad that, that can come from you to hurt us, Lord. Even your discipline is good for us. Oh Lord, help us to receive whatever you give us with joy. Help us to understand that you are working for our good. When we meditate and the bad things that probably happen to us, Lord, that ceases family that are not with us anymore, Lord. I can remember, Lord, that you are perfect and you are with us. I may not understand very well, Lord, but let me go back to your work To your word and fear. Fear the work that you are doing, Lord. We just want to be with you. Let us rejoice while we look at the works of your hand. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.